Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, it is our weekly stock market update. We're going back to college football this past Saturday and evaluating some of our favorite performances from the guys that are draft eligible for the 2023 NFL draft. Whether it's quarterback, skill position players, defensive guys, it doesn't matter. We're telling you who really stood out to us. And in this episode, we might have a new potential first rounder to bring to the table. Somebody that I'm really excited about. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Bell, the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers joining you guys on a Wednesday, which means it is a stock watch day here on the, the podcast. Connor and I are going to turn back the clock, go back to Saturday's slate of games in college football, and give you some up and down performances that we thought for the guys that are draft eligible for the 2023 NFL draft. Connor, how are we feeling today, my man? Good man, stock watch show always uh, one of the best days of the week. Of course, some some are whispering it's the best show of the week. Although, <laughs> fix your franchise is giving it a good run for its money. So if you did not listen to Monday's show, it's not if you're not a Panthers fan, there's there's more there for you. There mm. is a welcome to what the coaching search is going to look like for teams this year. There's a little bit of a mini mock draft in there. Uh, there's a lot of background info on what it's like to have a very financial, flexible owner and the good and bad things that come with that. So it was a fun yep. show, but I'm looking forward today, Trevor, as we dive back into the college football world in the middle of the week. Yeah, the Fix Your Franchise episode was a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. We're going to be doing that for, I feel like, a handful of teams. We won't do it for all of them, but we will do it for a handful that I think are really going to tell the tale of what's at least going to be the top 10 in the 2023 NFL draft. So if you enjoyed that thumbnail, there's a dude, we did have a sweet thumbnail shout out to our incredible producer, Ryan Richton, who did it up, man. You and I were texting in the morning. We were, you, you said, you said this and it made me laugh. We're, we're so close to the YouTube thun- thumbnail of just, you won't believe what the Detroit Lions did. And it's just like people like, oh, the Panthers like- to do what? <laughs> It's crazy with flames and that's gonna be that's gonna be the pod. And I'm not I'm I promise you guys I'm not clowning on anybody who does those things. No, it pays the bills for a lot of people. Click. I can't tell you how many how many videos I've clicked on just because of thumbnails like that. But Connor, obviously, you bringing that up was uh, was very funny. Man, we we've had a lot of fun bits early on this show. The show's not even a year old, not even close actually. And it was uh, I I had to bring this to the show. The the bingo card that is oh. all over the internet it is truly unbelievable and I, I will pull up and mention the the person that made it i feel bad that i don't have it up right now we will mention his name on the show basically one of the sex addicts made a stock exchange bingo card mm-hmm. and it is so on point and it has so many niche jokes from the show that it was one of the first things I saw shortly after the Mets lost, and I think it was the only thing for 48 hours that made me smile and laugh. So thank you so much for making that. And if you're ever bored and have an evening where you're listening to the pod and want to have a couple of drinks or play bingo or whatever it is, it is the game for you. Uh, G-Funk Jimmy, I just pulled it G-Funk up, is the Jimmy, one man. who made this. I'm going to send this image to Ryan, the producer of the show. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the bingo board as we're probably talking over it right now. But like some of these spaces made me 
laugh so hard. The Arik Gilbert sighting just killed me because we brought up Arik Gilbert and he's not even going to be a prospect in this draft. It feels like uh, the quote, you keep talking and I'll look it up. From both <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so on point. It scared me. Uh, uh, somebody said the PFF app comes to Android. That's not going to happen, but uh, well, it, it is going to happen, but I don't know how soon it's going to happen. By the way, if you have an Apple device, you can get the very best of PFF.com by going to the Apple store and uh, looking up PFF Pro Football Focus. You get great fantasy football analysis. You get the betting dashboard. You get all the great articles that you love so much about PFF.com right in the palm of your hand. Thanks for that uh, easy ad read transition I, there. But I don't know. know if my favorite one is <laughs> eight different things that matter most <laughs> <laughs> or just Skyline Chili. Skyline Chili makes its way onto the show like once every two weeks at this point. Uh, there is so much. Steph Curry can't shoot. Steph Curry, awesome. can't, <laughs> Steph Curry can't shoot. Oh, man. It's good. It's really good. The fact Free Space is in the middle had me in tears, and I don't know why. Just Dude, the fact that Free Space made its way in there. There's is so a good. space that says mock draft rules get established during the podcast. <laughs> Which I don't I, always. I hate you guys for being (laughs) this exposing to our flaws as (laughs) co-hosts. But at least I know that you guys are paying attention. T gives C first pick in the draft. (laughs) I mean, it's a guaranteed space. I'm a gentleman. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff in the big O. So thank you, G-Funk, Jimmy. Uh, We love stuff that makes this show a community. Uh, one One of the spaces is obligatory hockey talk. So right before before we, we before we dive into this, Rangers actually open up the season against the Tampa Bay Lightning, baby. That's happening tonight. So look that is to happening. That. Uh, good scheduling by the NHL. A mm. Really good scheduling by the NHL. The Lightning yeah. go to the Garden. I was surprised that that my boys didn't have to go down to Tampa for this. But man, hockey's back, which is great. Perfect timing as baseball heartbreak starts to set in. Hockey's back. Uh, you jump from one thing that'll let you down to another which is awesome i am excited i am really really excited you know it's so funny to me people always say that people like anti you probably heard this trevor because you have a dog Mm -hmm. anti-dog people that are very snarky like whenever you want a dog or you're gonna get a dog they're like Mm -hmm. you know you're just signing up for heartbreak right and it's like do you realize i do that every year with the mets over and over again (laughs) i buy a dog that is the new york mets every single year and i get really excited about it in february or march and then i go to opening day and i get the puppy and then when september or october rolls around i deal with the death of an animal every single time so well that was uh, morbid but i mean you're also not wrong you're not you're not wrong about it to quote stephen a smith i mean you didn't have to say it you didn't have to say it but uh you're not wrong there i'm excited for our teams to uh to kick off the hockey season hockey season off season is the shortest off season of any Dude, it's insane. I feel like I this series, the Rangers Lightning series just ended. And- I know, wild. Uh, you you and I were texting about it, and you were like, oh, we should have planned this better, so we could have like met up to go to the game. I wish football schedule is wild, and a big yeah. reason why it's wild is because we got a podcast to give you guys three yes. times a week, and in this episode, we're obviously talking about some stock up, stock down, or just overall stock market watch when it comes to the 2023 NFL draft prospects. Connor, I don't know if this counts for the bingo space, but my friend, I will let you go first. I will let you talk about the guy that you want to talk about the most, whether it's good, bad, up, down, who we do, who we talking about to, uh, to kick off this stock watch episode. 
let's start with a kind of familiar name. I don't think he got an overwhelming amount of love in the summer show, but it was absolutely discussed, and that's got to be Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. Ooh, nice. I mean, Monster Week. This is going to start to happen where the guys that just have these killer performances, he's stacked quite a few together, and we have not had him on a, on a Stockwatch show. So it was kind of time as he stacks a few together. He's coming off a week against Utah where he went uh, – UCLA, by the way. How about UCLA's season Dude, so far undefeated? That's see it. a little subplot there is they have beaten Washington and Utah in back-to-back weeks. I don't think anybody expected that. And in those games, the game against Washington, 22 carries, 124 yards, a touchdown. The game against Utah, 22 carries, 198 yards, and a touchdown. He averaged nine carries in that one. So when you look at Charbonnet right now, he's got 87 carries for 615 yards. He's averaging over seven yards a carry. He was somebody that I thought had a shot to be in last year's draft. He comes back to school. He comes back to a program that's really turned things around and is finding a lot of success. 158 of his yards this weekend were after contact. I bet. I mean, he's a big-bodied back that has such good feet at that size. That's what I look at with him is the ability when you're that big and you run that hard, it really opens up your toolbox of how to set up tacklers in the open field. And a lot of guys hesitate when breaking down to tackle him because of that frame and because of that tough running style. And now he's starting to work in the ability to stop and start, to cut back, uh, he's he's really mixing up finesse and power, and it's it makes him look like a complete back right now. So, I mean, he, he had uh, six missed tackles forced in this game, six explosive runs. Those are runs of 10 or more yards. Just a monster, monster performance from him. And, you know, we there's a couple of good running backs in this class. We've talked about that the wide receiver class has been a little bit of a letdown. B. John Robinson gets a lot of hype, but a lot of guys are looking to try to be, you know, the premium skill guys of this draft. And while UCLA has this success and Charbonnet has such a good season and big wins, he's just had a killer year where he's legitimately increased his stock as we're already sitting here in October. Yeah, I mean, if you like bigger backs, if you if you like the guys who have more size to them or a little bit taller who pack on a little bit more pounds, punch a contact. Zach Charbonnet is, is going to be your cup of tea, it feels like. If, if you are somebody who wants to get faster out of the backfield, if you want to get shiftier, quicker, he's he's not going to be that mold of a player. But if you understand what Charbonnet is, and I, I feel like he's probably going to be a committee back in the NFL, you are going to love his motor first and foremost. I think the two biggest areas that I really liked about his game when we were going through him with summer scouting are balance through contact and just just what he is able to do when those legs get churning man not only does he stay up he gets yards after contact he continues to move on and those two abilities paired together given his size he's about six foot one six foot two 220 pounds that's a power back man that's a power back that you're gonna love to have in, in a system one that you can lean on in short yardage situations Manny, I think that he's even maybe becoming more of that. He's only got one game this year out of the five that they've played that he does not have a hundred yard rusher, a hundred yards rushing. He is somebody that I think UCLA loves to use in all sorts of situations. I think he's probably more of a committee back in the NFL, but dude, for what he is, he's getting a lot of production for that UCLA team this year. He really is. I mean, he's kind of, you know, a bit of the heart and soul right there. When you can turn around and hand a ball to a guy a like that, it's, it's really, really impressive. 
All right, first guy that I want to bring to the table. Uh, this is another player that we talked a lot about during summer scouting. You and I had some back and forths about it because it was the tight end position. I'm bringing up Arie Gilbert's name. I'm not saying Arie Gilbert here for this. Arie Gilbert sighting. You can check space. off of the space on the bingo board. I'm talking about Michael Mayer, and you and I went back and forth about who tight end one was going to be, whether I said it was it could be Arie Gilbert. You said that um, it was going to be Michael Mayer. Well, I'm waving the white flag officially on that. You're going to win that the little back and forth of who's going to get drafted higher. Michael Mayer had a fantastic day this past Saturday in the Shamrock Series when Notre Dame faced off against BYU. He had 11 catches, 118 yards, two touchdowns. But even more than just the stats, Connor, he's just a complete player, man. Yeah, he, totally. He's, look, he's not the greatest athlete that you're ever going to see at the tight end position but he's plenty of an athlete to be successful. He's incredible at contested catch situations. He run blocks his ass off. He's yep. fantastic at so many different routes, feeling where space is going to be, getting open versus zone, getting separation in subtle ways, outside of leaning on athleticism to just be the main reason why you, you get separation. He understands the position so, so well. He has those instincts and he plays it at a dominant level. You see it week in and week out. He's going to be the first tight end off the board. And look, I'll just be honest. It's not like we are overflowing with guys that we can't wait to put in a first round of a mock draft at this point in time in October. I don't know what this class is going to shape up to be when we get to April. I think it's still going to be plenty good, but I do think that in some classes, Michael Mayer would maybe be a late first round pick in this class it feels like it's shaping up to for Michael Mayer to be a top 15 pick, maybe something closer to pick 11, 12, who knows, depends where the teams end up falling when the season is over. But the more I watch him, the more it just goes, this guy's so reliable. He's so reliable in whatever you ask him to do from the tight end position. And because of that, uh, the, the more I watch the rest of this class, the more I think that Michael Mayer is going to find himself right in the smackdown middle of this, uh, the, this first round coming up. He's a great player. And, he, like you said, Trevor, he's so well-rounded. And when I watch him play, I think, man, his calling card amongst many that he possesses is that there will be a team picking in the top 15 that has a young quarterback that needs help, that needs a safety blanket, but can also really help your run game and your versatility, whether you want to flex him as a big slot, move tight end, whether you want him to play in line, that... They'll look at the floor of him in a class that's going to have a lot of question marks in the top 15 picks and just wave their hands and say yes. And, and I applaud that. I, and it's ver- I want to get this out of the way. A lot of people, which is crazy we're already having this combo, but I, have to, I feel like I have to bring it up. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to say, how early do you draft a tight end? Because Kyle Pitts it hasn't been dominating in Atlanta's offense this year. Kyle Pitts was great as a rookie, and I... I don't really think it's Kyle Pitts' fault, to be honest with you, but that's going to be the common argument. But if you really do need to come up with an answer that specifically supports Mayer, is that he is just so extremely well-rounded at the position. So I love him. Um, He will be a top 15 player for me. I would be very surprised if, if he's not at the end of the day. I feel so confident in his floor and think that he could easily be a top five tight end in the NFL in a couple of years. I mean... I think that when you look at how consistent that he has been, it feels like not that there's potential top-end talent with a lot of guys in this class, but even for 
those players that you would say would be in a first round or a top 50 consistency is not an adjective that I would use to be a theme of this class thus far. A lot of yep. these guys are still figuring it out and that makes it very easy for a player of Michael Mayer who is consistently just really damn good to stand out in a really positive way. So I think that that's why it's definitely helping his stock, even though we're not learning anything necessarily from Michael Mayer, him continuing to put things on tape and where he's just going about his business, being one of the best tight ends, if not the best tight end of the country. Well, Brock Bowers does exist. I should say draft eligible tight ends in the country. Uh, I think that's certainly helping him in the long run for this current draft class. And I think it's hard to be a college tight end and go into the season with big expectations because it's traditionally not a big producing position all the time. Or if you have those expectations, teams will take you away and force the team to go elsewhere. And he's risen above all those things. So I'm I'm with you. It's, you know, probably the last time he'll be on the stock up show because he is maxing out right where we how how much further are we going with him yeah no it was a good time to revisit though because i think he at a minimum met ridiculous not ridiculous very high expectations coming out of summer and and that in itself is a big time accomplishment and no matter what happens at the combine because maybe he'll be an average tester it it won't move anything for me so all right next one uh for me here trevor this is a player that you know, obviously you're going to be familiar with Jaden Hill, the cornerback from Florida. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. You know, a, a big weekend. He had two interceptions, two really good interceptions too. It wasn't that he was catching these tip passes or first one, he, ju- he jumped a route. Um, second one, he just played his man with a lot of physicality and came up with the ball. And, and this, he just showed me eyes in off coverage that were very, very impressive. Very impressive eyes off coverage, way to read the quarterback, way to make a play on the football. On top of the two interceptions, which jump out in the box score, he was targeted six times. He only allowed three catches for 25 yards. I think he plays very patient. I I was really impressed. This was kind of my introduction to him as a prospect because when you watch a guy have big plays in a game, right, you always ask yourself, okay, is he eligible? And, you know, classic with all these different years on Florida's website, he's a redshirt sophomore, but he's been on the team since 2019. So mm-hmm. he's not a true redshirt sophomore. Technically, he's been with the program. This is his fourth year with the program now where if he continues this stretch run and has a big year, maybe he's a guy that opts to declare a little bit of a slender guy, six feet tall, 181 pounds. So. Definitely a slender guy, but I think he plays a physical brand of football and coverage. I like the energy he plays with, and he just made huge plays for Florida this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I it there's not often that I don't have immediate thoughts on a player from Florida, but Hill is somebody who I've been waiting to kind of become this starter, this regular starter, and he really hasn't. So I haven't put it him feels under that way. The I, microscope. Yeah, yeah the, he he got some he got some decent time as a fill in corner in that 2019 season. 2020, I think he played sparingly. He played. He had five starts in 2020. Yeah, I was gonna say he 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 had a he had a games. couple of a starts, and then he he injured his knee before the 2021 season. So like I yep. think if the COVID year didn't exist, he'd technically be listed as a redshirt junior this year. That's um, correct. Yeah, because he because he finished his sophomore season, so technically he'd be a redshirt junior. So I think the redshirt sophomore label, the COVID label, just is 
keeps throwing me off with like ages and everything like that. But somebody who's been yeah. around the game for a while, somebody who's been sporadically a star, you want them to be able to read the quarterback size and be able to play well and off coverage and just have a good feel for space. And when you, you could break on the ball. So I look, I love, I was Gator fan. Obviously I loved seeing it, but um, I don't have too many scouting thoughts necessarily on Hill myself right now. Cause I got to, I got to certainly watch him as he begins to play more as he kind of comes back from that injury. So um Glad you pointed him out, though. He did a total introduction, yeah, for him. Big introduction. Uh, somebody that I will keep an eye on. That I, you know, I'm. I've been very honest on the show. I'm looking for risers at corner right mm-hmm. now. Uh, I'm looking for risers at corner, and you know, when you have that kind of ball production, that's legit. It at least gets you under the radar a little bit. Throwing darts to the dartboard, if you will. I'll, I want to bring yeah, out. I want to bring up Max Dugan, the the quarterback from TCU. Because this is speaking of somebody who's who's been around for a while. Max Dugan's also been around since 2019, but he has been starting for TCU since 2019. Okay, he's a senior now, stands about six foot two, 210 pounds. Like I said, he's been TCU starter since 2019. He set a school record in passing when he was a freshman in 2019. Dude, he's improved every single year, and and that's what you love to see. Whether it's been total passing yards, completion percentage, uh, touchdown to interception ratio, QBR, completion percentage. If I didn't say that, I can't remember. I've said too many words. But, like, he has gone up in all of these categories to where he is now truly playing his best football right now. He's got 14 touchdowns and just one interception. Um, He's got a career low in turnover-worthy play percentage, a career high, without a doubt a career high, in adjusted completion percentage, almost 80%. And TCU is undefeated. They're playing really well, and I think the reason why they're playing well is because of the way that Dugan is playing as a quarterback, a dual-threat quarterback, I must say, who can also uh, add some assets with his legs as well. I like the arm strength on uh, on the short to intermediate, man. I think he shows some decent zip, and I also feel like that's because he's constantly throwing off of his back foot. And when I say off of his back foot, I don't mean leaning back. I mean driving through his back foot is probably the better way that I should have said it. He's constantly thinking about those mechanics and the way to get as much velocity as he can on the football. The other thing that really impressed me this past weekend that when they were playing Kansas is Kansas had a lot of pressure in his face and he was calm throughout. Whenever there were guys that were coming up into his face, he was still making sure to put his feet on the ground, fire off that back foot, get the ball where it needs to out of his hand, where it needs to be. And he'd take the hit. He would understand that he would not brace for contact before the ball left his hand he would do what he needed to do to make sure that he had the mechanics right to get the ball where it needed to be on time and then he would take the hit in the chest or at the hips or whatever it was and that was super impressive to me and that showed somebody who's been playing quarterback for a long time he's not skittish he's not gun shy i i will say the ball placement is still it still needs work and uh Ball placement's tough, man. Ball placement's tough to get a lot better at. And unfortunately, there are just a handful of times, even just in that Kansas game that I watched when I went back and I watched the All-22 where he's throwing a tick behind receivers and you know he's not putting the ball exactly where it needs to be with placement, whether it's a low placement or a high placement. Sometimes he did. But again, that word consistency was not there with Dugan the way that I needed to um, with total ball placement. Obviously, the completion percentage numbers are up there, so he has the raw accuracy, Ball placement's a different story. That's when you really take accuracy to another level when projecting guys to the pros. So I do like the skill set. I think he's a decent athlete, and I think he's got a decent arm. I really do. But 
that ball placement still got to get better. He's still got to continue to be a little bit more pinpoint in where that ball is going. But as of right now, he's a fun college quarterback to watch. I'm going to continue to watch him and have fun watching him because TCU is having a hell of a season this season with uh, um, Keandre Miller, who I talked about last week, and then Quentin Johnston as well, who we love as their wide receiver on the receiving end of a lot of those Dugan passes. So that was my overall thoughts on him. You said it last week, Connor. We love to talk about quarterbacks when we can. So he had a good week. I felt like I would uh, break him down a little bit here for the people. It's a great time to bring him into the equation. And, you know, I was going to piggyback real quickly before I get to my next guy that Quentin Johnston was the, you know, uh, the he benefited highly from that performance from him it's interesting to watch them play in a close game right they blew out colorado first game of the season Mm -hmm. uh they really have blown out everybody besides smu they beat by eight points the third game of the season so this game against kansas was one where it's like okay we're in a little bit of a dogfight here and no coincidence that quentin johnston by far is involved and a big reason of winning a huge game when they needed him most. I mean, before this, Trevor, he had ba- he had around, let's see, 7, 10, 12 catches for a little over 100 yards the entire season. It was not ideal. Not a, There was nothing going on, no touchdowns, where if you're in the red, like throw I was the sky in football. I was getting nervous. I, w- I was sitting there like, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. Like, we, Trevor and I watched this guy over summer separately and when mm-hmm. we came to the table for wide receivers we looked at each other we were like quentin johnston like this dude is amazing and then now this week 14 catches 206 yards it's like they remembered they had him back they, on track they're baby. like we're in trouble uh is it, can anybody get us out of here like oh quentin johnson's in the <laughs> right cool. right big game us versus undefeated kansas in kansas let's finally lean on the guy who could deliver us it's hard to kill him because they've been such a good team this year but man they went to him when they needed him. He had a 53-yard catch. He had the big touchdown. But just that target share that he he commanded and thrived with, mm-hmm. to me, it was great. And Dugan needs to continue that because they're going to play in big games and they should look his way because he's such a physically imposing player. So good to see Quentin Johnson look like the guy that we expect him to be. Uh, but my last stock up for the week is Byron Young, the edge pass rusher from Tennessee that yes. had four sacks. And yes. You know, we've always tell people, you and I text before this show to make sure we don't cross over. And this was the guy that we we did the crossover on. You had Byron Young on your list. I had Byron Young on mine. Senior pass rusher from Tennessee. He's an edge defender that's about 6'3", 245. But they, they'll let him rush as a true defensive end, hand in the dirt sometimes, while also being a stand-up rusher, which is going to be his home at the NFL level. We talked about it off the air, Trevor. This guy is just relentless. And it was what I really liked about Byron Young's weekend, his game against LSU, is that this was somebody that finally got rewarded for a lot of hard work and coming close. His first four games of the season, uh, he was racking up pressures and quarterback hits, but he only had one sack. He Mm -hmm. had three games in a row, weeks two through four, where he had six quarterback hits combined and nine hurries, separate hurries, not counting the hits. So he was getting home a lot, and he just couldn't close. And then he plays against, he plays at LSU, has the four sacks, has an additional quarterback hit, had a really nice outside rush with the long arm, got going on a on a stunt, uh, had a really good interior rush where he just, he, he was very slender through the gap with good explosiveness off the ball. And he gets sacks that, you know, he has a really good pass rush arsenal, but he also adds to his sack totals because he just never stops. He never stops on plays. So when teammates force the quarterback 
out of the pocket or in an uncomfortable situation, his direction, he's just going, going, going. And the offensive line is like, I can only block this guy for so long. Every play, it's not just one play here, one play there. Mm-hmm. So he's somebody that I think can actually be a star during the all-star circuit. That's what I'm, when I went into his background, which I know you're going to talk about a little bit. I was like, I love that he's a senior. I love that he's, he should be every bit in Mobile, Alabama. This dude can play. He can rush. Um, and it was great to see it all come together with his best game of the season at LSU. Dude, I, uh, I, the, the, the way that I watch college football now that obviously you and I do this show, knowing that we're going to have this stock market episode that we do every week is I'll watch college football and I will write down the names of guys that I'm watching live that really stand out to me. The very first name that I wrote down on the day was in all caps. I didn't even know I didn't even know Byron Young's name at this point. I just said number six for Tennessee in all caps. It was at the very top of the screen on my notes because he immediately stands out with the kind of Insane. athlete that he is and how explosive he was this past weekend. I will say you brought up the uh the all-star circuit. Our good friend Jim Nagy is uh, already tweeting about Byron Young. There you go. So uh we figure that he's probably going to be a candidate to be in Mobile, Alabama. His story is awesome. Uh, you know, this is a guy who was not always at Tennessee, uh, came to Tennessee in the 2021 season after the 2020 COVID season because he was at a junior college and he was at the Georgia Military College yep. is where he first played football. And when I say first played football, I'm pretty sure Byron Young didn't play high school football. I can't find that anywhere. And the story goes, what people have reported is that Young was working his part-time job as a manager at Dollar General when he saw a flyer for tryouts at Georgia Military College. It's insane. And he's like, all right, always wanted to play football. So I think that I, the, the way the way that I just read uh, the story and a couple versions of it coming into this podcast is that he literally just went to this open tryout and he played, he played for them for – I think two seasons became the number one weak side edge rusher in the JUCO transfer portal that year. But COVID really messed that up. The COVID abbreviated season made it so they didn't have a college football season that year in 2020. He only got one power five offer and that was Tennessee. He took with it and he ran with it last year. He played kind of sparingly. Now he's a full-time starter. And um, let me tell you, he has gifts. He truly does. He is a gifted pass rusher, man, and he's starting to figure it all out now. He's starting to understand how it works. That relentlessness never quits. That explosion that he has off of the edge is really impressive, and I am not afraid to say that this dude could threaten to be a first-round prospect. He really could not. The the natural ability that this guy has, to me, was so impressive, so I cannot wait to watch him throughout the rest of the year. He stood out to me immediately in a way that we just kind of talked about it, not a lot of prospects are totally standing out yet this far into the season. And Byron Young was one of those that absolutely did right off the bat. And I think that carries a lot of weight when you're weighing it against your potential classmates for a draft class. I was super impressed with the man. So impressed with his story, his perseverance, where he has come from, how he's worked to get to this point and the success that he's now having this season for Tennessee. It's an awesome story. And somebody that, like you said, is, is, doing his part on the field. I, I mean, when I watched him, I, I was, I always say this when we do these shows and I'm very honest about it. When you're going through film, especially this time of year, 
not, it, well, maybe more so in the winter. This time of year, there's so much going on. And here's a bingo checkpoint. Connor and Trevor talk about their other gigs. But you guys know how much we both do. That when you take a little break for the day that you're going to do college before, you know, November, December, whenever we transition fully into draft, or you're just always watching college prospects every day, every hour, it sometimes it can be, you know, you're going through a checklist or you're, there's, when a guy gets you revved up where you're like, this dude can play, this dude's exciting, how have I not seen him, what am I missing, what more film is there on him, and, and that's how it kind of felt with Byron Young, who, like you said, the story's fascinating. He's going to be 25 on draft night, I he believe. Is. Yep. Yeah, he is. And you know what? He is. Everybody's got a different road, and I'll say this about pass rushers. Notoriously, pass rushers really don't find their way to being super productive in the NFL till 25 or 26 anyway. Well, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I didn't want to. No, it's. I just think people are. Whenever we talk about a prospect, like I feel like the bounce back is always well, he's old, and like it's in the equation. I mm -hmm. get it, but I I just think everybody's road is different. And this dude, like Trevor said, was an assistant manager at a Dollar General and just picked up football. And that's a better reason than a lot of other reasons. A guy got, you know, has a horrible injury history or just wasn't good for five years or things like that's a different road where when you factor in the age, you're like, okay, that's a unique road and it's fine. You said he was an assistant manager. I think he was just a manager. I got to give him his props. Can't say assistant manager, Connor. I got to Tennessee football you. page. They served as assistant? an assistant manager at Dollar General. Okay, all right. For assistant, approximately 18 two. months. Assistant two. The, yeah. manager, the dollar general manager no okay so obviously semantic i was just giving you crap there but look this is a great this is a great way to bring up another example about age we talked about age on this podcast it was last week the week before or whatever because somebody had asked us hey why does age matter why do you guys keep bringing up age well you want guys to be able to stand out at a younger level because that shows you how different they are amongst their peers that is often a telltale sign when you can get on the field when you can produce at a younger age when you can best players who are a little bit older than you when you when you thrive as a freshman and a sophomore against upperclassmen juniors seniors redshirt seniors that just shows how ahead of the curve you are likely because of your natural god-given talent and those are the things that you want to go out and find those are the things that you're trying to look for in scouting Byron Young is different though, right? You, you Because saying that Byron Young is 25 isn't the same as saying somebody who got into college football when they were 17 or 18 and is still trying to figure it out when they're yep. 25. Byron Young was not playing football four years ago. He then picked it up. It felt like for the first time, at a junior college level, he is only two years into playing in the SEC. And in his second year, he is standing out already. So the number of age itself, and I think that this is where people kind of get lost with the age metric and, and, and why we bring up age all the time. The age itself does not matter. It's not like you are washed as an athlete when you turn 24 or 25. That's not what we're saying. You have to look at it as a journey. How long did it take you to stand out? Now, for some guys, it doesn't matter. They get to that point where they're a little bit older, they're 24 years old, and they've hit a really elite, great point to where they could be a difference maker at the pro level. But for other people, if it takes you that long to really even stand out amongst your other peers, sometimes that is a telltale sign that you maybe just don't have the same sort of God-given athletic ability, certainly, that other players do. 
Byron Young is not that kind of a story. So think about Byron Young's timeline differently. Don't just go, oh, he's 25. You got to think about his story, where he's coming from. This is only his second year playing full-time in the SEC. So I think that's what you really have to think about that matters most. Trevor, you got got more? You got one more? I do. I I have one more. But before we get to that, got to ask the people this question. What if you could have invested in Tom Brady's stock as a rookie? Your investment would be worth over 4,000% today. Now it's not even a what if, but more of a who's next. Thanks to our friends at Mojo. Mojo is the all new sports stock market that lets you invest in your favorite athletes and put cash on your passion. Sign up right now on the Apple Store. Get your first stock for free worth up to 10 thousand dollars over 300 nfl players are listed on mojo so you can invest in rookies like Brees hall rising stars like elijah moore comeback candidates like saquon barkley superstars like patrick mahomes if you think the ceiling's even higher go long and make money when an underrated diamond in the rough breaks out or short and overrated rival because you can short stock guys and make some money as they flop you can make money on that too prices move with every play every game every headline and you can buy and sell instantly anytime all year long so the action never stops mojo is live in new jersey right now so download the mojo app on the apple app store today and start turning playmakers into money makers must be 21 or older to use mojo and located in new jersey to make some trades have a gambling problem help is available at 1-800-GAMBLER visit mojo.com for more info connor you got to get in on it that's all i'm saying new jersey I man. you're the, I, you're I the mean, resident what's it called it's just uh this the symbol yeah, 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 I know, I know. We oh, I gotta. Jets won again, dude. Yeah, I they did. St- I can't believe you're still on the show. I thought you would have just oh, wait, got what a am retirement I, home in Florida. I'm Sim- Our symbol ad read is actually tomorrow, but I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm I, I, them- I totally screwed that up. I'm giving <laughs> no. I look. They sponsor the pod. We love them. I'm giving them a little bit extra here. The Jets did win. My Jet stock is through the roof, baby. I'm retiring early. I am. I mean, these payouts are just hitting. They're They're hitting real different right now. Absolutely hitting different. Okay, last guy I want to talk about. Pittsburgh running back, Israel Abedekanda. He Pretty good weekend. Off. 36 carries. 320 rushing yards. Six touchdowns. I'm going to say it for you one more time, okay? Because now I'm sure you're sitting down. You're like, wait, what happened? You don't have to rewind the podcast. I'll say it again for you. 36 carries. 320 rushing yards and six Dude. touchdowns. He uh, broke Tony Dorsett's single-game rushing record this past Saturday for the 320 yards and six touchdowns. Um, he also joined LaDainian Tomlinson and Ricky Williams. I've heard of him. As the only members of teams currently in the Power Five to rush for 300 yards and six scores in the past 25 seasons. Not bad company. Three-star running back from Brooklyn, New York, stands at 5'11", 215 pounds. He is a junior, led Pitt in rushing last year, but only had one 100-yard game before this season. Now he's got four, including this 300-yard game that he had this past week. So obviously, if you uh, if you rush for 300 yards, you have my full attention. I have to go back and watch some of your film. And, and you know what? He's a fun back, and and something I, I really enjoyed a lot about him. Now, I looked at some of the PFF analytics before I dove into the All-22, and the forced missed tackles per attempt rate was under 0.2, was 0.19. So I'm like, okay, well, 
he's probably not the shiftiest dude. He's probably not like making guys miss in the open field. And he doesn't, that's not really his game, but he's a patient runner. He's a smart runner. He understands blocking concepts in front of him. He understands the timing of pullers, whether it's counter counter tray, you know, whether it's running behind split zone and, he gets the chaos and the clutter of, of inside zone runs, outside zone runs. He knows the aiming points. He knows the fields for cutbacks. He just has a really good set of eyes for watching what's happening in front of him. And the best part about it is, is that when he reads the offensive line correctly, he's also got the speed to take it the distance. This is a guy who ran the 100-meter dash in high school in a 10.69, which is pretty damn fast. I know he... I it's I don't know like the titles of the race. It said like he he won like he it said like he won gold, but it was like he won gold in like the New York Cup. So like I don't know I don't really know how to explain that correctly. Is this New York slander right now? No 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 no. I'm not like but like to say you won gold and then be like oh you won gold in New York. It's like okay that doesn't. Yeah, what like, does that mean? What does this mean? What does it mean? Like so like Olympics or what happened? So anyways, he won a bunch of hundred yard meter dashes when he was in high school so you see the long speed there he's kind of an upright runner reminds me a little bit of wayne gallman you remember wayne gallman's oh, yeah. running style where it was oh, just yeah. this this upright style i thought it's gallman was a little bit more shifty than um abanaconda was he he is more of a bounce off of tackles and kind of take it after that be able to stay up but that was kind of what the the running style reminded me of and um like i said he's a little stiff he, you know, if you're looking for a Bijan Robinson type where you love these guys that have the quick, fancy footwork that can change direction, that can go east to west immediately and, and, and stop on a dime, he's not going to be your type of running back. But I like the long speed, and I do, man. I really like the way that he is patient behind his offensive line because often you see a lot of guys in college football who have that long speed, and they know they're on the field because of that speed. So they're thinking – you know, they're pressing down the sprint button in Madden the whole time. They're like, how can you, uh, let me just get to exactly where I need to go and let me just run as fast as I can. He knows how to gear down when he needs to, set up the block, stay behind his blockers, and that's when he realizes that he really gets all of that open space. So Izzy, Israel, um, that's his nickname, so I'll just probably call him that every time I, I mentioned him here. Unreal day, historic day this past weekend. There are some things and some skill sets to like in his game, but that's ultimately what I saw when I went back and I watched that historic performance of his. Man, it was special. I, I mean, obviously, when you see those kind of numbers, it kind of took over the timeline for a bit there. Everybody's like, this is this is unprecedented. It's so, nuts. Yeah, it, completely nuts. Great. Can't not do this show without having it. That's the thing, like... There are just players that we have to talk about on this show mm -hmm. because they have earned that with these monster performances. And whether it feels like every show we have a guy that had three to four sacks, we have a running back that went over 200 yards, today we had two. Um, so, and, and you know, it's fun because plenty of them guys have days like that that we didn't talk about them over the summer. We didn't see those kinds of performances coming. And that's what makes the stock show so important week after week. Yep. All right. That's it for me. You got anybody else? No, that is the list. Um, oh, can I say? I can think. I say a futures sure. guy? Can I say a futures guy? Please. Oh, of uh, course. Jalen McCowan. So I was at I was at Vanderbilt this past weekend because my fiance Alyssa was on oh. the sideline. Oh, yeah, you guys took of, a nice picture together. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we did you sneak on the field? Oh, I didn't sneak on the field, my guy. <laughs> Come on. What do you think? I'm that big of a rebel? I'm not. 
I'd be, I'd be scared shitless if I snuck Vanderbilt, they, they don't tackle you, though. It's like Bobby Wagner <laughs> nowhere and tackles you. They're just like, sir, who are you? <laughs> and you're like, it's not, my wife. I'm not going to get Devontae Adams on... Uh, no, that I, can't, I can't use that as... I can't use that as shorthand for Devontae Adams. I can't do that. Um, no, but I was at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt was playing uh, Ole Miss this past weekend. Vanderbilt, athletes on the team, kind of... You know, kind of hard to come by. But Jalen McCowan was a sprinter in high school, and they have him as a wide receiver. He's number 16. He's a true freshman this year and, like, major difference maker. When the ball touches that guy's hands, you can tell things are different for Vanderbilt's offense. So not draft eligible this year, not even draft eligible next year, but a very fun player to hopefully as Vanderbilt gets better here. Yeah. Jalen McCowan gets around. to be on ESPN a little bit more. The highlights get to be shown on the timeline a little bit more because I really do think that he has a potential next-level athleticism and ability. So I wanted to shout him out too because that was great to uh, get to see him in person. And no matter what, that's just a great trip. It's a great trip going out oh, there. Oh, Nashville. I me. mean, it's so funny. Like, it, it took me a, a, a embarrassingly long to re- realize, fully realize the proximity of Vanderbilt and Nashville. I knew oh, it was in the yeah, general. They're in the same. <laughs> no, it's like it's there. Like, right, I didn't yeah. realize that <laughs> until I actually went to Nashville, and I was like, "How does anybody go to school here?" And it's obviously a lot of really smart people go to school there. I think that's, I guess that's why, why they go to school. There. I guess that's why. Yeah. Like you have to be smart and very um, disciplined to go to Vanderbilt because of all of the incredible distractions that lie basically down the street. So that's that's an incredible trip. And I'm I'm glad to hear that they're getting some talent in there because it's just better for everybody if it trends that way. You know Belmont's in Nashville too? Belmont? Yeah, Belmont. Like but when I say Belmont, do you have any like no, no? No, I I wait, no. Like like NCAA March Madness, sometimes Belmont's a 14 seed and you pick them because they're fun and they can shoot threes. Belmont Bruins men's basketball. I'm sure I've written this down on a bracket in my life. but <laughs> You if have. They, when I hear Belmont, I think of the racetrack. No, 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 no. Belmont, Belmont University. Belmont they're University. in Nashville. Also in Nashville. Yes, they yes. are. Yes. Wow. I... I admittedly, I, I really need to do more research when I was applying for colleges. I, I, like I think, like I had a great time at Albany, and I met some of my best friends in my life. Sure, but, but like you ever just like, well, it, because as I know you deal with the same thing for work. The more I started to travel, especially when I did two years of traveling for college football every mm. other week at a minimum, you go places and you're just like what is this right like, this isn't right i, I lived right. in the ghetto when i right. went to college why and didn't anybody tell school. me about this yeah, yeah nobody told me about this you know how many <laughs> like uh experience experiences or moments i had like that i'm like like i went to stanford i'm like it's one of the most beautiful places I've, I've been like this is unbelievable you go to wisconsin you're like this is not real life lsu mm-hmm. apparently belmont is in nashville belmont <laughs> I could have went to Belmont. I couldn't play basketball, but I could have went to the school. Yeah, I I have no idea about uh, their their, uh, their academics. academics. Yeah, I don't know how difficult it is to get into school, but I have faith in you. You could have gotten to Belmont. Yeah, we should do a bit where I I just go back to school, like I and I just try different schools each. Forget semester. the bit, just do yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need. Yeah, I know. I'm still gonna have to do the show because I'm gonna need some kind of money to be able to pull this off. That's true. We'll think about it. All right. All right. We'll, we'll work out the bit. There we go. That's the, uh, that's that's the, the stock, show. That's the Stockwatch episode. That's the, <laughs> sh- that's the show, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed it. We do that every single week here on uh, Wednesday on the show, as always.
we want to hear from you guys. Let us know. YouTube comments, Twitter, Instagram, hit us up. Let us know who you want us to get some eyes on, who you want us to talk about. A lot of you guys uh, really hone in on your teams across the country. And although Connor and I watch as much college football as possible, uh, we are still only two human beings. And sometimes yes. you guys are definitely going to know your team, your diamonds in the rough, and, and your guys who are really standing out before we can get eyes on. So we would love to hear from you, as always. Let us know. Again, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, any way that you like to communicate best on social media, we will uh, we will hit you up there. All right, buddy. Yeah. Well, that's it for us. Just, uh, I was about to say this week, but we actually have another show coming up on uh, on Thursday. We have a massive show coming up on Thursday. I, I don't know. I don't know if we tease it. Do we leave it as a surprise? You can tease it. You want to tease it? I, yeah, sure. I'm, want- ch- I'm going to check the bingo card one more time. I'm pretty sure there's a reference um, in here about us doing this exact thing we're doing right now. Teasing the show or not teasing the show? Yeah. Or saying is... that we're going to tease the show and then not tease the show. Trevor forgets when the next pod is, is one of them. Okay. <laughs> I think it's Our- supposed to be Trevor forgets what the next pod is. We do do that a lot. We're going to do, after the first five, five weeks of the season, the current all-rookie team in the NFL. And the reason we're doing that now is not to overreact to five weeks of football, but to see what it looks like one more time when we do it again towards the end of the season. So, mm-hmm. And maybe it'll change a lot. Maybe Sam Howell gets freed. Maybe Desmond Ritter gets freed. Maybe... Who knows? Who knows who's going to be freed down the stretch? But right now, a lot of rookies have played. A lot of rookies have been really good, actually, mm-hmm. where it's a it's an awesome time to check back in on the early returns of the 2022 NFL draft. That's what it is. It is going to be an excuse for us to give some props to some young guys who are already standing out in the NFL, and we're going to do so in a format that everybody is familiar with by doing a early season all-rookie team for the 2022 NFL Draft. I am Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. We will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. Podcast.